We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back with another Lock It Up with Kurtz podcast here on KCSN. I am John Kurtz, joined as I am every week by Aaron Lockett, former K-State wide receiver and NFL wide receiver as well. The show, as always, is brought to you by 360 Vodka and Holiday Distillery. You guys continue to get stocked up on that and support them. They've done such an awesome job supporting us here throughout the entirety of this podcast. But we have a very, very special guest on with us today. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm sure a lot of people are. And also looking forward to the book that is out from our guest now, which is Bill Snyder, obviously the legendary K-State football coach and college football Hall of Famer. The book that has been written with D. Scott Fritchin is out right now, My Football Life and the Rest of the Story. You can find it on Amazon, wherever it is that you find your books. And uh, I've had a chance to, to dive into some of this, and I'm looking forward to getting a chance to talk to you about it here today, Coach. But first and foremost, what um, what got you down the road of deciding to, uh, to put – basically your entire life story here into book format. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for the kind introduction, but, uh, you know, uh, Scott Fritchin, who, uh, wrote the book, uh, has, uh, and he had written another one, uh, several years ago, uh, somewhat similar book. And, uh, he had, uh, he was, employed here in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, with a, a group that uh, let him go. And, you know, I've always uh, had a great appreciation for him. I think he's a tremendous writer. Uh, I know he's a hard worker and a, and a good person. So uh, I thought, you know, that would give him an opportunity. If we did a book, that would give him an opportunity to uh, have a job and uh be able to uh, uh, take care of himself in that uh, in that respect, and and out of that also uh, the uh, athletic department uh, with uh, Kenny Lanou and the communications department uh, had a uh, an opening, and when we finished the book, I contacted. Uh, Kenny and he found uh, uh, he talked to uh, Scott and hired him. So good things came out of it for uh, for Scott. And so uh, that was that was truly the uh, uh, what prompted. You know, I, I knew it was 
something that was going to take place, you know, at some point in time, but that's what prompted it to take place as rapidly. Well, I love that. And it's, it's a great cause. And I will, I will certainly echo what you had to say about, uh, about Scott and his time on the beat. Now being back there, catch us up on, on what uh, retirement life is like. I know I had a chance. I think you spoke with, with Kellis Robinette and some others here about the the book as well. I had a chance to, to read the other day, but very interesting that uh, apparently you do have an affinity for bacon. I was, I was very interested to learn that, but what, uh, what else have you learned about in, uh, in retirement now? Well, I, I do far more than just eat bacon. And uh, <laughs> even though I, I love it, I, I'm not a cook. And my wife is uh, pretty selective about when she does and doesn't fix bacon. So I don't, uh, <laughs> it, it's not a regular part of uh, my diet, whatever that is. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, uh, a number of things. I've, I have uh, stayed extremely busy. I'm, I'm not very good if I'm, if I'm not busy. Uh, and it's uh, an opportunity to do things that I, you know, enjoy doing. Uh, an awful lot of uh, speaking engagements, and uh, and I, you know, obviously now get to pick and choose, and I can uh, select those that are for a good cause, and do so. Uh, haven't had to travel a great deal because of the COVID, and so most of that has been. Uh, on uh, uh, Zoom, which uh, I know you guys can't believe that I actually can operate a Zoom <laughs> outlet, but uh, but I have learned to learn to do that. Uh, the uh, you know, and of course we have uh, you know five children and nine grandchildren and five great grandchildren, so uh, trying to stay in touch with them on a regular basis and. Uh, be able to see them, and if I can't see them, then I can certainly talk to them on the phone daily, and uh, that takes up uh, some time, but that's wonderful and quality time. Uh, the uh, an awful lot of uh, of paperwork, which uh, most of it I uh, I have no issues with. Some of it uh, takes a little longer than I would like, but I I enjoy responding to uh, you know people that send uh oh cards and letters etc and i did an awful lot of that and then you know, staying up the best i can with uh with ex players and uh, i get an awful lot of communication from them and so we get to find out you know what they're doing and how they're doing and uh that's uh that's a positive thing that i enjoy doing as well but you know that's that's kind of what uh, what goes on most of the time you know, you know, Coach. Um, as as I hear you talk, right? You just mentioned stand up with ex players. As I talk to a lot of our old teammates, they always, you know, we always chuckle about you um, because they always say, you know, <laughs> tell me a funny story about Coach Schneider. And so, what I would always tell, you know, people that ask me about you is that, you know, when you make a mistake on the field, right, and it happens, right? You drop balls, you drop pump, you miss a block, whatever it is. When you're coming off the field, I used to always look for Smitty. And not you, because I knew you'd be looking me dead in my eyes. And every time I catch eyes with you, you look at me and you kind of ring your finger and you come right to me. And it's just one of those moments where um, just quiet respect, you know. And so I tell people all the time, he, he didn't say a lot, but when he spoke, the room always listened. And so it's just it's impactful the way that you coached and the, and the impact that you had on the game. And I think that, you know, that would be legendary just across the board um, for a lifetime. So, you know, it's just one of those interesting stories I think about. 
uh, when people ask me about, you know, what did you mean as a coach to me? Well, I, I appreciate that a great deal, Aaron. And, you know, I was I was just blessed uh, to have you know wonderful people, wonderful players, wonderful coaches, uh, wonderful fans, as you're well aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, people supported the program, so uh, I fell into a great deal of good fortune. And we're talking with Bill Snyder here, and his book is out right now. You can find it, My Football Life and the Rest of the Story, written with with D. Scott Fritchin. You know, I, I hate to take it from where we're at to where we're going here right now, but I am a child of the 90s, and my – I don't know if obsession is quite the right word, but I, I think a lot about the 1998 K-State football team, which obviously hits home with both of you guys, Aaron being somebody that, that played on that team, and just – I mean, to me, I will contend it is the greatest team in college football history that did not uh, win a national championship or get the opportunity to play for that. And I was so happy to read in, in your book that you feel very much the same way. Uh, when you reflect back on on 1998 and that team, that season, um, what was and what wasn't with that team, what, what are the, the reflections that you have still to this day? Well, I think, you know, as uh, probably most coaches and, and an awful lot of players, you know, you remember the, the losses uh, far longer than you do the, the victories. And that, uh, uh, not the bowl game, but the last game of the season when we were playing to be in a national championship ball game uh, was uh, probably uh, the highlight of the career of all the players in our program. And to, uh, to lose that in the last, uh, last quarter of the ball game was, uh, was heartbreaking. And uh, it kind of, you know, it, it stuck with me for, as, uh, and I know with a lot of players, you know, for an awful long time thereafter. And it, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't so much, uh, it, it did, you know, pain me, but the, the greatest pain was knowing and seeing, you know, how uh, it impacted our players and how they suffered from it dramatically. Do you have the the same types of feelings about 2012 and the Baylor game being that that was another one fans will will point to saying you had a chance there had that game gone differently to uh, to be in a national championship game? Well, uh, the uh, the A and M game was probably uh, had a, a greater impact uh, on everyone. I mean, it wasn't it was a given if we won that ball game, it wasn't a given if we won the, won the Baylor game at the time anyway. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, you know, as I said, uh, you know, you remember the losses far longer than the victories and losses are more pain, not all, but, uh, uh to me, certainly I only speak for myself, but, the uh, the losses are more painful than the victories are, uh, endearing. So that's uh, just my nature, I guess. Yeah, and lucky me, I live in Houston, Texas, and so I run into Aggies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they and remind you, right? Uh, they say you were you're the same locket that. Yes, yes, I was on that <laughs> team. You know, <laughs> but you know, um, at that time in point, I was a redshirt freshman. I was 19 years old. Um, I didn't know what was going on other than if I was supposed to run a route, I run the route. Right. And so it, it's, it mm-hmm. was just impressive to be part of that recruiting team. You know, if you look back at that team, just, 
you know, pulling out a couple of names, man. If you talk about the Jeff Kellys and the Darnell McDonald's and the Michael Bishops of the world, um, you know, have an opportunity to come to the same recruiting class. I, I came out of high school, but they came out of junior college um, with those guys was just amazing when you go back and look at K-State history. And so, um, you know, always impressed with the way that we recruited uh, from a K-State perspective and, and just being able to, to put all of that talent on one field was was amazing. So, you know, even to this day, I continue to, to root for K-State, you know, all the way through uh, just because it just has some, so much of an impact on my career and my life. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> you know, I'm curious, Coach, to hop in here. I know Aaron brought up a lot of guys there that were junior college players, and, and obviously you had so many of those that made an impact in your program over the years. When that was when that kind of started for you, it seemed at the time it was not nearly as prevalent throughout college football as it was by the time, <clears throat> obviously, that you ended your coaching career. How How did you kind of get down that road where you – decided or figured out like, Hey, this is, this is a real advantageous thing that we can use in our program. Well, I, I think the, uh, community college or junior college recruiting was not, uh, eminent, uh, because people, there was the, uh, kind of a common perception that if you went to a community college, there was something wrong with you, uh, that you were a bad student. I uh, couldn't make the grades to be at a four-year school and, uh, and a variety of other things that you were an attitude issue or uh, you're a behavioral issue. And, you know, I just never did believe that. Uh, I mean, I knew, you know, a lot of people who had gone to community colleges and uh, that were extremely fine people, good people. Uh, a lot of people go to community colleges to just to save money at a far different uh, tuition basis than at a four-year institution. And and for me, because our coaches really, uh, I ask them to, to uh, oh, I don't know, investigate is not the right word for it, but to do uh, a thorough assessment and evaluation, not just of the player's athletic capabilities, but you know, the kind of individual that he was, uh, what his behavioral uh, uh, dimensions were, and to study deeply into the people that have been around that individual in regards to, you know, what kind of person he, he really is or really was. And I think our coaches did a nice job with that. And my feeling was, you know, a, a, a junior college uh, youngster is a, he's a young man. And that's not any different than, you know, coming out of high school. And uh, the, you know, the value of the community college player is that, you know, he's had more experience and consequently is probably a little uh, more able to step into a four-year institution environment uh, and compete uh, quickly. Uh, perhaps than a uh, than a high school youngster, and and that proved to be the case. And you you think back and you think about those young people that uh, uh, Aaron just mentioned. Uh, quality, I mean, yes, good players, but they were quality individuals as well, and fit into the program extremely extremely well. And one thing that I was really really intrigued by finding out in your book was the the opportunities that you did have outside of K-State, because I think 
we look as K-State fans and know you've said many times, you know, you stayed because of the people. You came because of the people and stayed because of the people. And obviously that held true. And there was never, I mean, you were never one to to gloat about other offers that you had or anything like that. But listening and, and reading about UCLA, Arkansas, <clears throat> excuse me, the NFL, some of these opportunities that came up, just how, how persuasive were those at times and, and how how difficult was it to uh, to stay put when you had offers like that throughout your career? Well, it, it was easy uh, because I had such a great appreciation for the people of Kansas State. You know, people uh, here gave me the, my first opportunity to become a head football coach. Uh, I was treated extremely well uh, by, uh, by everyone, by uh, the community of Manhattan, the state of Kansas, and Kansas State people around the country it's treated so well by the administration, and uh, it was uh, it was just a, an enjoyable time. And I, uh, I, it, it never was a, uh, it was never an issue. You know, I said uh, from the outset that uh, I would be there as long as I was wanted. If I wasn't wanted, then I wouldn't be there. I uh, I told Steve Miller at the very uh, outset that I didn't want a contract. Uh, that uh, you know I, I didn't want to bind them, and if they felt I wasn't the right person, they could uh, get rid of me without having to go through all the hassle that it takes to when they break a contract. Uh, the uh, just the idea that. I wanted to, you know, do the best I could and uh, attempted to do that. And then uh, just uh, the, as was, as you just read, you know, the people uh, just became so significant in not only my life, but my family's life. They were great with the, you know, the fan base was great with their players, et cetera. So uh, I, I just, I never responded to all uh, all of those. I mean, I got the, the calls and the uh, correspondence, etc. But uh, I I always said no uh, from the from the very outset because uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, there there were some that uh, wanted me to interview, and I said no, I will not. Uh, there are some that said uh, we will. Uh, you know, you have the job if you'll just take it and. I said, no, thank you. So I, I never got into any kind of detail or any dialogue, you know, with anyone in regards to another position. It was always uh, thank you, but no thank you. With with one of those being an NFL job, I'm just curious, do you, do you think your coaching style would have, would have worked well in the NFL? Would you have enjoyed co- coaching in the NFL? No, I've always said, uh, you know, ever since I've been in coaching that I would never – uh, ever, ever since I've been in college coaching, that I would never uh, entertain the idea of going into the NFL. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to be in a position where, uh, you know, where players ran the show, so to speak. And uh, I, not that I, you know, wanted to be. Uh, overbearing with uh, young people in our program, but I did want to make sure that uh, <clears throat> that I had the opportunity to do it the way that I desired to do it, and that's uh, that's not the case in the NFL. 
Yeah, yeah, smart move, coach. I think the NFL would have rubbed you the wrong way. Some of <laughs> those guys come in and they do, we do whatever we want to do at that level. And so I, I think uh, you are perfect for college football just because getting guys to mature from uh, the teenage years into being an early, early adult um, was just right for you. And so um, I'm so glad you stayed at Kansas State. It, it's, uh, you know, you think about all of the, the coaching carousel that takes place now, and I, and I get it, right? People do what's right for them, but it's always nice to affiliate, you know, one coach with one university if you can for, for that long of a tenure. Um, it just has a, a, long in, a long impact um, for the history of, of the program. Well, it's, uh, as I said, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's so many people that uh, surrounded uh, the program and uh, me and my family that were, have been so gracious. I mean, that's why, you know, we're talking now and I'm sitting in my home in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. And, uh, I don't have a home in Arizona or Florida. And this is, uh, this is where our home is. Kim Bill Snyder is, is talking here with us. You can find his book, My Football Life and the Rest of the Story, out now, Amazon, wherever it is that you uh, that you find books written with with D. Scott Fritchin. You know, I was curious to ask too about reading that uh, you obviously retired the first time around in in two, after the 2005 season, but that you had contemplated it or at least crossed your mind after 2003 because things had had become pretty stressful at that point in time. And I don't want to put words in your mouth there. I'll, I'll let you kind of elaborate there. But what what was that that period like in in two thousand and three after you won the Big Twelve championship? Well, you know the if you're if you're a football coach, you have problems every single day. You know, and it takes uh, uh, a major amount of persistence to uh, you know to fight the battle, so so to speak, and not uh, shove them under the rug. Uh, and it uh, and it becomes very tedious over a period of time, and uh, that particular point in time, you know, we were uh, successful, and uh, you know, everybody, which I, you know, certainly don't blame them for, but you know, you had so many people that uh, wanted to take advantage of that, and consequently, that. Uh, uh, you know, is not always the best thing for the football program. So you've got a lot of people, you know, want to leave and, and better themselves. I can appreciate that, but it's still, uh, it still uh, creates some issues, you know, within the program. So it was dealing with that and have to continually hire, you know, new coaches and uh, deal with that, with uh, the change that took place. I'm not a big fan of uh, change. I don't mind change if it's the best thing to do, but if you're doing the right thing, you kind of like to keep it that way. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it's just those kind of things that wore on you. And so, yes, you know, you, you think about it, you know, how much longer do I really want to do this? Uh, do I want to do this any longer? And I think from, uh, uh, you know, at that point in time, those thoughts were, you know, heavy on my mind. And then, uh, you know, a little later that, uh, in the second tenure, the same thing happens, and you're, you get, uh, uh, you know, you start thinking, you know, it's, uh, maybe it's about time, and you fight it off and fight it off, and you know, up to a point. Do you, do you think much, you know, speaking of the second time around and how much things had changed? We now, even since you've left, have had, 
name, image, and likeness. That be instituted the free year that the kids can transfer here. Um, we're seeing even just hyper lately, uh, hyper recently, the coaches leaving for crazy salaries from blue blood job to blue blood job. Just when you look at the the state of the game and, and college football and conference realignment, that's another thing, obviously, that's happening here. Um, just how different does it feel from from the game that you left that, that you coached? Well, you know, it, it's all about money, and I can't say that it wasn't during the time that I was uh, coaching, but not to the degree that it is uh, that it is now. Uh, you know, I, I I believe, and you know, that young people should uh, should have some options, just like coaches have options. But by the same token, there's a loyalty factor that uh, that uh, is involved there. I mean, a, a coach you know, comes to a program and a program is, is good to him. Uh, and there's, there's, I would think there would be a loyalty factor uh, that runs both ways. Uh, same thing is true with a young person. You know, you, you go out and uh, you find young people that you'd like to have in your program and you spend a great deal of effort and uh, offer them, you know, opportunities. And uh, there's, you know, you being loyal to them uh, again is a uh, is a two way street. Now that being said, uh, you know uh, a young guy uh, is at uh, one school and has uh, an opportunity to uh, go to you know another school that might offer him a you know a scholarship that he didn't have at the other school. You know that's certainly uh, very very understandable. I think it's uh, you know if you if it's an equal transition uh, again I think uh, loyalty enters into it but uh, you know when when coaches are moving around you know it's like you mentioned and it's like take, it's taken place here in the last uh, week or so at an amazing uh, rate uh, then uh, certainly you know players should have that same same freedom and same uh, same opportunity to do so how would i like to see it i'd like to see it as it was intended uh you know that, that coaches uh, uh as long as they conduct themselves well as long as they are doing what's in the best interest of the young people in their program and representing their university in a very high class special way uh, that they are given, you know, more opportunity than what's taking place now. By the same token, I'd like to see uh, young people, you know, when they do make a commitment to go to a university, as long as uh, everything is as it was indicated it would be, uh, that, you know, they they hold true to that, uh, that loyalty and they stay loyal to, you know, a university and its program and uh, other players and, and coaches. But like I said, you know, there are reasons, uh, you know, the coach leaves. Uh, there isn't any reason why, you know, the players should be held accountable to uh, to stay. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a strange, strange time in uh, college athletics, college football in particular. And, uh, it, you know, it's easy to say, you know, you don't miss those things. <laughs> and, and, I, and I certainly don't. Yeah, I could understand that. Well, hey, I, I don't want to end on a on a low note here. And certainly, Aaron, if you have something to add after this, you can. But, um, Coach, I would just like to know, you know, you talk about, hey, I, I 
the losses stick with you more than the wins do. But when you do look back and think of think about the good times, wins that you did have at at K State, what stands out to you the most as the the most prevailing memories for you on on high notes at K State? Well, there's you know there's a large number of them. I think the thing that when I get asked that question, <clears throat> what comes to mind more than anything else is uh, the very first victory during that time that uh, I was here uh, was uh, back in the very first year, and we won only one game that year. But it was the only game that any player in that program had ever won at Kansas State. Even the seniors had not won a ball game. And to see the joy uh, that it brought to them uh, and the joy that it brought to the minimal number of fans that we had in the stand, uh, having you know gone whatever it was three years or plus with uh, without a win, uh, was really uh, uh, an amazing thing in itself. But to, to see the joy, you know, of all the people that had been hurt by uh, the many many years of uh, of no victories. That that probably that game stands out, uh, or, or the the aftermath of the game stands out to me more than uh, more than anything. Well, Coach, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. Aaron, do you have anything else? No. Once again, Coach, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I'll be seeing more of you in Manhattan as always, and so that's like my second home as well. So look forward to seeing you more. Well, uh, it was great. Uh, visiting with you guys i appreciate it a great deal thank you john thank you aaron uh, you guys have a great day and uh we'll see you soon Aaron. everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.